the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. It is Monday the 20th. You're tuned into Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm, so West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation, and provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. Marsha, good morning. Hey, good morning. Did you have a fun time golfing? I had a great time golfing, had a good weekend, uh, Father's Day weekend, of course, Unity in the Community was uh, over the weekend, there was all kinds of stuff going on, so um, yeah, it was a good weekend, did you have a good one? Yeah, so you were hanging out with the cool kids over at Shepherd, right, the Shepherd Was rings. hanging out with the cool kids yeah. over at Shepherd, yeah, trying to uh, make it look like I know how to play golf. And were you what? successful? Uh, I was successful when I needed to be. Okay. When it was just uh, me, Jared, and the group, um, yeah, there weren't a ton of great golf shots hit. But when we were around, you know, uh, Coach McCook and, you know, mm-hmm. athletic department, things like that, different players, Stepped I can turn it on. Hey, when the lights shine the brightest sometimes, Marsha, we can uh, we can get it figured out. You're a pressure player. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah, 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 as Got they it. say, as they say, a gamer, a gamer. Oh, you're a gamer, say. okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, but it was fun. We'll that. talk about it uh, a sure. little bit later because, um, yeah, there are definitely some funny stories to be had. But joining us in studio, first guest for the day is Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority Chair, Clint Hogman. Clint, good morning. Good morning. Uh, happy West Virginia Day. Yes, happy, happy West Virginia happy Day. Happy Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. And happy last day of spring. Oh, wow. And it actually finally feels like spring the last couple of days. Yep. Yeah, it's been kind of an odd spring. I mean, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. There was, I mean, there was spring-like weather for sure, but there was also a lot of wet weather. Mm-hmm. Just, um it's just kind of an odd one. I feel like our seasons are all just kind of one thing anymore. Like there's, of course, yep. a defined summer and winter mm-hmm. because winter lasted, what, 12 months, I think, this past year. <laughs> uh, but I feel like, yeah, anymore, it's just all in the same. You're going to get every, you know, type of weather day in seven days. Yeah, we had part of our yard, one of our yards that uh, typically lays a little wet, and we were unable to mow it for about six weeks. Wow, wow. that's yeah. crazy. So, yeah. of course, uh, Jordan was mentioning all the neat things that were happening in the community. One of them was Yield Berkeley as part of the 250th commemoration. And the Solid Waste Authority has um, figured prominently in the 250th. Right. Um, back in May, May 14th through the 21st, we had our... Um, countywide cleanup activities and i'd like to just take a second if Mm -hmm. i could and thank the folks that participated in that uh the schools that participated in the recycling contest collected 528 totes that's incredible now Uh, is that more is that a bigger number than normal or was that kind of what you're expecting uh, that's kind of what we were expecting really it was kind of a normal year uh we there were only three schools that participated well and that's that's what that's what makes that number impressive yes is that those three schools came up with 528 and fortunately the there's we've had a couple schools already jump up and say can we participate next year and so 
um, you know, that's cool. We'd like to see more. Mm-hmm. But we also had 568 vehicles come to the four special events, if you add them all together. Um, and, um, you know, and there was 123 people that signed up or, or groups signed mm-hmm. up for litter pickup. We know at least 100 of them went out. So the vast majority of them went out and did their thing uh, and put us, pushed it up on social media. So we mm-hmm. were, that was cool. And so, you know, I just wanted to say thank you to yeah. Matthew Umstead for including us in part of that and, and the county for help funding it. And uh, it was fun to do. And, and hopefully we can do something similar to that in the future. Well, when you invite a lot of folks over for a big birthday party, you want to spruce the place up a That's bit. right. That's, <laughs> That's right. right. Who better to call than Clint, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. But I am looking on your uh, Facebook page here. And back on the 18th, just a couple of days ago, it looked like you had a pretty good uh, river or creek, creek litter yeah. uh, cleanup. And uh, the big... Stat I'm seeing on the post is only one tire was found. Yeah, that was uh, uh, this past Saturday. We went out, uh, just a small crew, two of us went out and hit all the public access spots on Back Creek. Uh, Almost at the Virginia line, almost to the Potomac River. We hit them all. One tire, right? That's a heck of a day. Um, We've been out um, one one day. uh, I mean, we had, I think, five bags. We also picked up a couple bulky items. But um, for various reasons, we didn't have the right staff and such for to get in the water it would have been a good day to get in the water oh, yeah but uh anyway um you know that's been going on this year i brought some numbers with me so far this year 274 bags of litter have come out of the streams 10 tires and 50 bulky items so hmm. um you know uh we try to make that stream clean up more and more a year-round thing we don't necessarily get in the water mm-hmm. year-round but public access spots are something we try to hit frequently and we were able to get all of them on Back Creek. So um, how does this work if someone's listening and they think they'd like to get involved with that? Maybe they're already going out on their kayaks and that mm-hmm. anyway. Um, how do they become part of the well, crew? Yes, we, we love to have volunteers that are, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of support that we get from Adopt-A-Highway groups. There are a lot of watershed groups that go out on their own and do cleaning. We can help them with disposal of the litter that they pick up. We can help them with trash bags. Um, depending on circumstances, they may be able to join our efforts when we go out. So just, just contact our office, ask for Lynn, the lady that works in the office there. She will uh, work with you to make specific arrangements. Now we're speaking with Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority Chair Clint Hogman. Now, last time we had you in, uh, we were talking about Ensorga a little bit, and there was some kind of updated information on that, and um, I think you have some more updated Well, um, I'll, I'll tell you what we know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Uh, th- Last April, we, you know, we got a letter from Insorga. It was sent to several state agencies and, and county agencies, you know, that said that uh, they were unable to find a consistent offtake partner, someone to buy their fuel. And as a result, they were temporarily closing. Now, what kind of fuel is this? Because, I mean, you say we're, you know, people are trying to find fuel right now and people immediately think gas and are right, trying to find right. the cheapest thing. So is that what that is? It, uh, good question. It's, it's not a liquid fuel. It's a solid fuel. It's actually called SRF, solid recovered fuel. So picture trash, shredded. Mm-hmm. It looks similar to that, probably about the size of a quarter. And it's had things that are low BTU removed from it, glass, metals, things like that. And a lot of paper and plastic is what's left. And it creates this kind of a fluff that can be blown into a cement kiln in this case. Um, so that's the fuel they, they, they market by tractor trailer. 
And uh, they, they indicated they were having trouble with, you know, consistent offtake park partner and they were going to temporarily close until until they could return to a profitable operation. Um, you know, there's been several meetings. There's been several conversations. We don't hear a lot of meat and potatoes in, in those meetings. It's a, it's a wait and see game at this point, uh, and I, which is something I'm not very good at. I'm not a patient person, so... Right. I go into the meetings with expectations and I leave, you know, kind, Still of, frustrated, with those expectations. kind of frustrated. Yeah. But uh, the biggest impact it's had on the solid waste authority is every quarter uh, in sorghum meant $25,000 worth of income for us. So we're now down $50,000, which is used to fund recycling and litter control programs. And fortunately, the county council has, um, has stepped up. They've replaced $45,000 of that fifty. For us, um, and we're entering a new fiscal year where we don't know whether Insorg is going to be down one quarter, two quarters, or or permanently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, we're very busy writing grants. Yeah. Uh, in fact, that's what I did yesterday. Um, now, can people donate? Can they, you know, send oh, sure. a check sure. thing? Sure. If you're at the recycling, uh, at any of the, the two big recycling centers, there are two money boxes drop-off boxes, if you will, one in the brush area, one in the electronics area, uh, because we charge fees for those things. Yeah. But if you'd like to donate, just simply put, you know, put your donation in there. And people do, mm-hmm. uh, to, do donate. Uh, in fact, um, the fees that we charge for those things, plus businesses that use our operations, generally means uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of seventy-five to $90,000 a year of our budget. So hmm. so it is a big part. So when you think about in Sorga, you mentioned, you know, $50,000 um, of, of what you guys were expecting to have in, per, you know, for two quarters mm-hmm. is not there. It's unsure when they might start operations. But in, in terms of months of it just sitting idle you know employees go away they, you know, they, they, they find have. they find other jobs mm-hmm. uh the equipment sits it's not being maintained um every week that passes it just it makes sense that you'd think they're just not gonna go back into operation and that may be the case i mean we we really don't know i on the more optimistic side of things uh, there are several companies that have contacted the solid waste authority and have had conversations with us. Well, if it does go away, we're interested in the operation. Who but, owns that building in the operation then? Uh, Renovair, a company called Renovair, who's uh, who owns in Sorga, West Virginia. They're in New York, mm-hmm. and uh, so it would be a, a board of directors decision, as far as I understand, of the Renovair company as to what happens to that. We own the land. The Soloways yeah. Authority okay. owns the land, and that's where that revenue comes from. They mm-hmm. they lease the land. From, from the Solid Waste Authority. So you may not be the person to ask this, but when Insorga opened here, great fanfare, it's the first of its kind. Mm-hmm. Are there others of its kind? Are they just, you know, moving to more profitable locations? Uh, or is this just, a, you know, maybe an, an experiment that didn't go well in their favor? Well, the, uh, the there is there is no other Insorga technology facilities in the United States. And, and I know that because... I have frequent conversations with uh, the Italians that brought it here. Mm-hmm. They're still part of the picture, and they're they're still communicating with us. and And uh, they were really disappointed to see this facility end up temporarily closed or wherever it's going, um, because they wanted to use it as a showpiece to, yeah. to bring other facilities. So, um, yeah, uh, it was a project that started in two thousand and nine when the West Virginia Development Office brought it to the to the county as a possibility, and it took a few years to get permits. 
few years to get built and and it ran for a few years but I'm not ready to call it a failure I'm not ready to call it you know that it's the last chapter of the story of Insorga uh, I think there are still possibilities there and I know people companies uh, respectable companies in the industry that are uh, are interested in the facility um, it's not unusual to to open up a waste industry magazine and read about a waste of fuel facility somewhere else in the country, not necessarily in Sorga, mm-hmm. but somewhere else in the country opening up. Right. It's the future. It's, it's a, it's a going to be a growing component of our solid waste infrastructure in the United States. And, uh, we, um, we got off to an early start, but I really personally do not understand what went wrong other than the offtake partner issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they were complaining about some issues, not getting enough incoming waste uh, prior to yeah. the, prior to the closure. So, I mean, those things have to be thought about, figured out, and um, and hopefully when it's all said and done, you know, we'll be smiling again. And we're speaking with Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority Chair Clint Hogman. Unfortunately, we have to get to our first break here in just about uh, a minute and a half. So I want to give you enough time to let people know again where to go to find out more about Solid Waste Authority. Of course, they want to donate and end of uh, shred events and things like that. Well, I should get out that, you know, today's a holiday. It's a federal holiday. Yeah. So the, the Grapevine Road Center, which is normally open on Monday, is not open today. So if you're sitting at the gate... You're going to be there till tomorrow. <laughs> You're going to be there a while. <laughs> a long wait. Uh, but yeah, we can be reached at our office at 304-267-9370. You can email us at office of berkeleycountyrecycling.com. Perfect. Again, uh, Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority Chair Clint Hogman, thank you for joining us this yes, morning. thank you for the conversation. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Stick around for more here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, part of the Panhandle story for 75 years. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving us Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. If you missed it for the break, we have Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority Chair Clint Hogman in, talking about all the great things that the Solid Waste Authority is doing in and around the Panhandle all the time. Their uh, partnership with the Berkeley 250 and, of course, an important uh, update about the Insorga situation. So if you missed any of that, you can listen back to it a little bit later on today. But, Marsha, as we were talking about a little earlier, it was a busy weekend in the Panhandle, especially, well, I feel like it's always a busy sports weekend in the Panhandle, but things really got kicked off uh, this weekend, especially football-wise, with Martinsburg High School having a uh, big 7-on-7 tournament, I guess you want to call it. And uh, we sent, you know, one of our sports guys over. It's Parker Stone. Parker, good morning. Morning to you all. How are you doing? Good. Good. And Parker went over there, uh, hung out at the high school for a little while, watched a little football. How was it? Oh, it was a great time. It was a very fantastic event Martinsburg put together. It was really well put together. They started up about 10 in the morning on Friday. So many teams out there. I think Martinsburg fielded a varsity, a JV, and a freshman team. Hmm. Loudoun Valley in Virginia was there as well. They fielded a varsity and a JV Sharando in Virginia was there. James Wood from Virginia was there. Wow. Then a bunch of schools from the Panhandle as well. You had Spring Mills, Berkeley Springs. You had Washington County as well. It, it was a really great event. You had seven on sevens going on between a bunch of teams. Three, they were running three games at a time between mm-hmm. one half of the end zone, the other half of the end zone, and then on the practice field down a little bit below. And then you had a big man competition as well for the offensive and defensive linemen. They, it was like almost a relay type of thing that they huh. had. It was So they had to... They had like the little 
mesh plates that you like go through, kind of like the agility mm-hmm. stuff. They had them doing that, and then there were some they had like the sleigh pushes, and then there I think they finished it off. They get one of the linemen, they do a sprint, they got to dig through a pile, find a football, and sprint it back. And those hmm. were those were some fun races to watch. I will say that. <laughs> And for people that don't uh, might not know, seven on seven uh, is really just for like the quarterbacks, the running backs, and the receivers. There's no alignment. That's why they had the separate big man thing, so they can you know participate too. But it's really just for the air quotes skill players out there. And did you see any good skill being uh, had out on the field? Oh, definitely from a lot of teams. A lot of teams had some really good athletes out there. Martinsburg had some good wide receivers out there. QBs in Martinsburg looked good as well for varsity and JV. Berkeley Springs looked good as well. They had a really good showing early in they had. And then Spring Mills as well, they had a good one. They played Berkeley Springs later on in the day. That was a fun one to watch. And you were able to catch up with some coaches, and you caught up with uh, both the Spring Mills and the Berkeley Springs coach, right? Yes, I did. It was I got interviews from both of them, and they were both really excited to be there. Well, here is uh, Parker talking with Spring Mills coach. Oh, as I just deleted the first half, Parker, I'm so sorry. Here, <laughs> it's just like a couple seconds. Here it it's is. not the first yeah. half. Spring Mills head football coach Josh Sims. Coach Sims, how are we doing today? Uh, good. Uh, happy to be able to uh, get out here and compete and, uh, you know, finally kind of get our team together and, and then see what we can do against, uh, you know, some uh, good competition. How do you think it's been going today for this team? Well, granted, the season is very young right now. You're just getting into the mini camp phases and everything. How do you think the team's been looking so far today? Uh, well, well, we started off a little slow, which was to be expected. You know, we haven't had, you know, the opportunity to really get, you know, our kids, uh, you know, fully, you know, every single one of them together, really, really a lot just due to other sports and things like that. So we started off a little slow, and finally there about midway through that second game, we picked it up, um, came back late, faced a little adversity, and, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, picked up that win. So, you know, hopefully we can keep it rolling. Now, this is going to be the first season we've had Spring Mills on our Panhandle News Network. So tell our listeners, what's one thing they need to know about Spring Mills football? Well, you know, first thing, Spring Mills is still a pretty new school. You know, we started in 2013. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, it's it's really looking like the school's starting to pick up. And that's not just in football. That's in basketball. That's in track. That's in lacrosse. Um, you know, that's in girls' basketball. That's in volleyball. Um, so, you know, it's one of these things. It's a new school. And, and you know, obviously with, with a situation like that, you know, it's going to take a, a minute for the wheels to get spinning well it's about that time the wheels are starting to spin absolutely sounds like it's going to be an exciting season here for spring mills football coach sims thank you for your time best of luck this season thank you sir so that was parker with coach sims from spring mills high school and uh like we said uh, or well you were saying you also caught up uh with coach terry ray from berkeley springs and here's uh, parker's conversation with him i'm here with head football coach for berkeley springs high school indians coach terry ray coach how are we doing today doing good we're doing good it's hot Yes, it is very hot here out for this Friday. Martinsburg 7-on-7 and Big Man Challenge. So, Coach, what do you think about this whole event today? How's the experience been? It's been a good experience. Uh, We're only halfway through the day. Uh, I think Martinsburg's doing a really good job with this event. Uh, I like it how all the local schools and we got some Virginia schools up here so the kids can compete and have fun. We've talked a little bit about this Indians team and them coming up for this upcoming season. You said some returners, some being lost through graduation. So, you said the offensive timing a little bit off today. So how's the offense been working itself in today with newer guys? Uh, we have newer guys. We're breaking in some quarterbacks. We got a quarterback competition going on. We got some younger receivers. Our timing's off. It's going to take us a couple weeks to get used to. We got a couple guys that never played high school football before that are lined up out there. It's going to come. Uh, first week, we've had about five, six days of practice. Uh, hopefully by next week and the following week, our timing gets better and it'll roll into August. And how's that defensive end looking? Uh, our defensive end looks really good. Our solid end, the secondary has gotten better every game today. Uh, we're breaking in some young guys back there, but that ain't an excuse. we got to get better every day. 
Absolutely. That's head coach Terry Ray for your Berkey Springs High School Indians. First game, August 19th, correct? Yes, sir. Petersburg. Petersburg, August 19th. Stay strapped in. We'll be bringing you the Indians all season long here on 92.9 WXDC. And, of course, you can hear all Berkeley Springs Indians high school football and basketball on our sister station, 92.9 WXDC, where uh, Parker will be uh, taking over things. So wh- how Berkeley Springs look as uh, you were able to watch them? They look pretty good. They, uh, Like Coach Ray said, it was a little rusty starting off a little bit. They're bringing in a lot of newer guys, and they just started mini camp on Monday. They said a couple of the things they had, they kind of had to push them because of rain going on during the mm-hmm. week and stuff. But he said it overall was pretty impressive from what they had, and the, it, he said about he, he joked around with me. He said, "Ask me about two more weeks and see where things are rolling <laughs> and getting everybody kind of familiarized." He told me a lot of their players graduated. He lost a good bit of the offense, skill position wise, for graduation, and basically working those guys into the offense, getting them to learn the system. And yeah, once that rolls in, I think this team's going to look pretty good this upcoming season. It will definitely uh, be interesting. Yeah, I mean, losing Gavin and, uh, you know, the backfield, pretty much the whole backfield is going to be brand new yeah. this year. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what Berkeley Springs does. But, um, yeah, how was it? Was that first 7-on-7 seven seven big thing you've ever been to, you think? I think so, yeah. That was the first big event like that that I've seen on a high school spectrum on that side. And I will say, again, very impressive event. It oh, was yeah. It was really cool how they put it together. A bunch of teams in the area were able to just showcase themselves, basically. And I saw a... Uh, Former Martinsburg High School head coach, now Concord University head coach Dave Walker was oh, in yeah. attendance. Did you get, uh, yeah, did you go up? Do you have any Concord gear on? Did you go up and try to talk? Of course to he him? did. <laughs> I I actually just had my lanyard on. That's all. That's all. My key lanyard is all I had Concord wise. If I knew he was coming, I would have wore my old t shirt. But yeah, Coach Walker was there. I guess he was doing a little bit of seeing what was going on with yeah, Martinsburg. Probably a little bit of recruiting as well. I saw a couple of his recruits is there as well on top of his. I think his defensive coordinator was there as well. So nice. they were out having a good time. They were scouting some people, and it was a really sweet event. Everybody came in, and I'd say it's probably – I don't know if this was the first one they've done or if the first one they've done in a while. I think it might be the first one that – or first one, I will say, first one in a while uh, that they've done here because I think it kind of moves around to different places. I know that they've had something like this in Morgantown. I don't know if it's just like – you know, each like school puts on their kind of the same thing just in their region or something like that. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, it's pretty big deal. And speaking of which, and speaking of former uh, Martinsburg greats, uh, Tyson Bajan, of course, starting quarterback at Shepard, uh, Harlan Hill Ward winner, is having his inaugural offensive skills camp, which is going to be coming up. There's a couple different dates. So you have July 6th is uh, grades 9 through 12. That's going to be happening at Martinsburg High School. July 7th is grades 6 through 8 at Wildwood Middle School. And then July 8th is grades 2 through 5 at Marcus Field. $45 per camper. Uh, bring QBs, bring a ball. You know, pretty normal football stuff, but pretty cool that he's coming back and, uh, well, he hasn't gone really anywhere, but he's staying around here and doing stuff for the kids and things like that, and of all ages, too, which is kind of neat. That is really cool. That's awesome for Tyson to give to a bunch of the kids in the community for that, give them a little experience from a guy that's won the highest honor in Division Two football. Absolutely. That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's really sweet of Tyson to do that. Absolutely. Well, uh, Parker, thank you for uh, running down to Martinsburg High yesterday or uh, Friday. I guess it kind of gave you a little bit of a day off. Yeah, sort of, kind of. I, I, I had to come back in anyway in the evening. So. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Well, appreciate you doing that. And, uh, yeah, I'm already starting to look forward to football season. Same. I'm in the same boat. It's going to be an exciting year all the way around here in the Panhandle. Absolutely. And stick around for more here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live, the voice of the Panhandle. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Hey! 
Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving us Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. Jordan Icewinner alongside me is Marsh Kabalik. If you missed it for the break, we have Parker Stone in talking about the uh, Martinsburg High 7-on-7 seven seven and uh, big man competition, which seemed like it was a, uh, a big hit. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, pun intended? No yeah, pun intended. No, you, they're not hitting in seven. It was well received. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> How about yeah. That one? yeah, there we go. There we go. It was very well received. So if you missed any of that, you can listen back to it a little bit later on today. But Marsha, uh, there's some pretty cool things happening uh, in Shepherdstown. Yes. So the Contemporary American Theater Festival is is in the works. They're, they're in Shepherdstown working very hard. And uh, they have graciously arranged for us to talk to some of the movers and the shakers who are bringing some of these amazing, uh, some world premiere uh, plays to the stage on the beautiful campus of Shepherd University. And to that end, on the phone joining us this morning is Chisa Hutchinson. She's the playwright of the play Whitelisted. Welcome in. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Thank yes, you for being on. So, uh, so I was looking at some of the write-up for this. It's, it's a horror, but also a comedic horror. What's the genre here? <laughs> Yeah, it's a little bit all over the place, but um, I I I like to describe it as um, I don't know if Jordan Peele wrote a play. Oh, yeah. okay. So it is it is like a revenge horror play. Well, tell um, say well tell us about it. What is Whitelisted about? Whitelisted is about this woman um, who has bought and renovated a brownstone in Bedford Stuyvesant, Brooklyn, and. Um, weird supernatural stuff starts happening and she cannot for the life of her figure out why these things are happening and you know we we get the answer over the course yeah. of the play so a uh, part of this is about you know and i know a lot of the plays at catf talk about social issues and they make you think even if it's a comedy but some of this is about gentrification in neighborhoods do you care to explore that a little bit with us Right. Uh, gentrification is a tricky one because it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a horrible thing. But when it comes with, you know, rents so high that people who live there all their lives can no longer afford to live there, and when it comes with um, a sense of entitlement and um, um, just alienation, you know, and... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, this this idea that like oh the people who are in the neighborhood already are the enemy, right? Um, right. Then that then it becomes problematic, right? Um, so yeah, I mean it is it is about uh, gentrification, not necessarily in the like oh they're coming in and making yeah. the neighborhood look better, right? right. <laughs> or like oh there's a Whole Foods now, right? Like it's not it's not necessarily about that. It's it's more about the the attitudes and the um, yeah, just the the really problematic uh, mentalities of the folks who who are coming in and doing the gentrifying. So, when you write this, are you as you wrote this, were you populating it with uh, with the, the the different personalities that are kind of uh, haunting her? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's more. It's more about, um, I don't know, like the ghosts of the neighborhood past. Oh, okay. Mm. All right. That, that are that are haunting, um, that are haunting her. And um, 
really her own her own actions. Um, she's she, I'm not gonna you know you don't give, give it all away, much. right? Yeah, right. Give us too much. <laughs> but you know, she's done some questionable things. She's made some questionable decisions, and and this is a a sort of reckoning. Um, yeah, her her dealing with the consequences of her own actions. Well, uh, Chisa, it seems like this isn't your first uh, film that you've ever done. It looks like you have a pretty uh, long uh, resume behind you. So what's a little bit of your background? Oh, oh, good grief. <laughs> 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 um, I mean, I, I took, I guess, probably a, a pretty traditional route. Um, I actually I studied playwriting in undergrad and, and graduate school to uh, master for undergrad and then NYU for graduate school and since then I've just been sort of swinging from vine to vine and landing in some pretty cool places because um, it's all about the relationships that you build in this business uh, business mm-hmm. so, well they must like you pretty well at the CATF because it's it's your third time uh, working here I, I love it man I love it at the ATF the people are just so cool and um there's just like a spirit of collaboration that I really dig. Um, everyone is so hardworking and they just want to like, and gifted, you know, people, they have such tremendous talent and they bring it so humbly and they're like, okay, well here I can contribute this to, to your play, you know, my little play. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really neat to have like all these people, like a whole like army of people just sort of bringing their, their gifts and um, and offering them and up in in service of the play. As the playwright, how much um, input do you have as far as casting it, or do you just leave that up to the director? I've been very lucky. Um, the Peggy, the, the artistic director, she's mm-hmm. um, been very open to my suggestions for for casting. So I really I got to bring. Um, a couple of the folks that I've been actually developing the play with who have been really instrumental in um, helping shape the characters and, um, you know, asking the right questions as they sit in the skins of these people, you know, mm-hmm. to um, just you say, oh, why am I doing that? Or what's, you know, <laughs> that classic question, what's my motivation? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like Well, that. I'm glad you said it because I was just about to ask you that. <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, so the actors really, really are, are very, very helpful in um, helping to shape the play. Um, and the the two actors that I've got to bring bring with me in particular are, you know, have been truly have been with the play since before I finished it. Um, I developed, I did a lot of development at uh, two different places in New York City, uh, primary stages, and then also New Dramatist, which is like a, a seven year residency for for playwrights. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, um, I didn't work on this play for seven years, but, right. <laughs> um, but I did get to work on it while I was a uh, resident there. And, um, they, you know, allowed me to bring in actors and a director and even, um, designers. I got to bring in a, a props master because there are some, uh, some tricky technical things mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. happen in the play, <laughs> given the genre. Oh, um, so yeah, I got I got to bring in all kinds of experts and um, and talk to them about possibility and what's possible um, on stage. Which, luckily, I mean, you know, it's theater, so literally anything is possible. 
She's yeah, a, everything's possible in the theater. She's a Hutchinson. Hutchinson is with us. She's the playwright for Whitelisted, which is hitting the the play or the stage at CATF. Um, and I should mention the previews, the pay what you can previews are July 3rd through the 7th performance dates, July 8th through the 31st. And, uh, you know, as you guys hit the campus of Shepherd University, obviously there's, there's always a learning component. Um, the pandemic pressed pause on a lot of these plays. Uh, the, the CATF has put out some companion works about the process that you guys have undergone in developing the play. How mm-hmm. accessible will you be during the festival itself for any of those Q&As that they sometimes have students or audience members take part in? Um, are, you, are you game for that? Yeah, I have, um, they've actually scheduled a, a couple of things. I don't even, man, if it's not happening five minutes in front of my face, I can't really. <laughs> I can't really. But I know, I know that I've been scheduled for a couple of things before I head out on uh, from there until July, I want to say the 11th. Um, and then I head back home. But before then, I'll be running around talking to folks and answering questions and generally being a, a nuisance. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'd see you as a nuisance. No. I think they're they're honored to have you on the campus, and and obviously the third time back, they must enjoy your company. I guess so. I think I, I, the love is so mutual. If that's the case, <laughs> I really um, I I can't get enough of the of, of the CATF man. It's such a great place. Well, we've been speaking with Tisa Hutchinson, uh, playwright for Whitelisted, which will be at CATF. And uh, thank you for joining us this morning on Panhandle Live. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Take care. Have a good one. You too. That was Chisa Hutchinson, playwright for uh, Whitelisted, which you can watch at uh, CATF, which is coming up. What's the date for So you can pay what you, it's pay what you can previews Mm -hmm. July 3rd through the 7th. Performance dates in earnest are July 8th through the 31st. And if you go to uh, CATF.org, it gives you, you know, the venue of the play, because they have three different venues that mm-hmm. they circulate these plays, you know, the stage, they stage certain plays at. Uh, tickets uh, for the, the festival in earnest start at $38 and uh, well worth it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You're because you're going to spend $38. You're going to spend $50 on just yourself at the movie theaters anymore, it seems. Right. My goodness, I was talking to some, uh, I think it was my mom, actually, the other day. She took my nephews out to the movie theater, and mm-hmm. then I, was, yeah, I was like, that's why I don't go anymore. Did they see Jurassic Park? Is that the one what they went to they see? Or the, or uh, it was Gun? a kid's movie. No, it was like a oh, kid's movie. Oh, it was uh, Toy Story. The no, wasn't Buzz that. Buzz Lightyear? No? <sighs> I'm, I'm, I'll have to look it up. I can't I'm remember. I'm tapped out now. I can't. I yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm not sure either. I'm so far removed from the movie scene. Um, but anyways... Uh, definitely, like you were saying, Marsha, worth the money going out to uh, CATF, especially uh, to see great uh, plays like Whitelisted from uh, Chisa Hutchinson. If you missed any of that, listen back to it a little bit later on, but we got to get to our last break, and we'll be back with more Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firms from West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. Family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg, 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. And Marsha, uh, me being the sports director here, there's a lot of sports that have been reported on that I haven't done any of the reporting on it because you uh, <laughs> ended up coming across a pretty cool story. Well, because... Because I'm, you know, on Facebook 
following the Boys and Girls Club, the Eastern Panhandle, right? So they they were put, posting up all these cute pictures of the kids at a basketball game in D.C. And turns out they were there to support Miss Vicky, mm-hmm. who you might know as Vicky Bullet, the legendary, you know, Martinsburg native uh, turned Olympian and, um, you know, award-winning, uh, you know, oh, yeah. accolade-deserving uh, basketball player. And she was just installed to the Washington Mystics um, Hall of Fame yesterday on their 25th anniversary. Yeah, absolutely. How cool is that? And I think it's even cooler, too, for like the kids and the boys <laughs> and girls club. They just know her as Miss Vicky. Right? right? And they got and the little signs and I all that. It's just so neat. But uh, here is some of the audio from uh, from that. Oh, oh lady hook from Vicky. Bullet, bullet from the back. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. Very Can you cool. imagine it? And like you said, they, they know her in one context. And then, but uh, how outstanding. And the fact that she has come back into the, the area and given back not only as a coach uh, over mm-hmm. at HCC and, mm-hmm. and other places, but also, you know, at the Boys and Girls Club. Very cool. And very humble. Yes. I mean, she. I saw her walking around at uh, Unity in the Community on uh Saturday. Saturday, yeah, mm-hmm. I want to say Friday on Saturday, and of course people were coming up and saying hi to her. But uh, she was also just sitting there, you know, hanging out, just, mm-hmm. just like everybody else. Which is you saw scary. a lot of people that you know at the unit. You, you've been here a year and some change, <laughs> and and look at you, you're like seeing all these friendly faces. I saw the sheriff looking all dapper uh-huh, in his tux. Yeah, I know. It was very, uh, it was very cool, very cool week. <laughs> that was so fun. I got a text like he's not in his bulletproof vest. <laughs> he's in his tux. <laughs> it's just odd. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny. Could you imagine if he still was? I, you know what? I wouldn't. Why not? Put it yeah, past it's his, him. Yeah. That's have, his uniform. Yeah. That's what he wears. But yeah, it was very cool. And that is super cool for Vicky Bullet, of course. Uh, Olympian, uh, professional overseas, and then here uh, in the WNBA, where she was just inducted into the Washington Mystics Hall of Fame. She's a University of Maryland Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on with Vicky Bullet. It's very cool, like you said, especially because uh, she could go anywhere and be successful and have you know careers right. in front of her anywhere in the world but she's decided to come come back to the panhandle back to martinsburg and uh is making a huge difference so huge. um the big question will i make it on the roster as a junior sports reporter you know for the new show you know did you did you do that audio clip yes i'm gonna tell you what you better be careful doing stuff like that because well, no, I I'm, have tons to do that i'll be more I than happy produce, to make you a, i uh, i i captured it and and edit it for <laughs> For time, but I didn't. I certainly didn't produce that audio. That was from the Mystics. I'm sure they have professionals <laughs> that do that kind of thing. But well, no, no, don't give me credit for like actually producing that. <laughs> well, you can absolutely so. be a uh, junior <laughs> sports person if you need to, if you want to be. We'll start sending you out to the seven on sevens. I, see what's I, going on. I'm pretty sure that's probably not a good idea. But but go off. Uh, <laughs> go off anyways, <laughs> anyways, um, how was your weekend? How was you know, Father's Day. It was excellent. Of course, you know, Father's Day, you, you give dad whatever he, you know, wants. And so um, my husband wanted to go kayaking. We did that in Pennsylvania at a new creek. And the Gwinnett Creek, which empties into the Susquehanna, uh-huh. is a very broad, very wide, but not very deep creek. So I, I ended up getting hung up a couple times. No way. Uh, but did the, you fall in? No. Okay. Yeah, actually I did. For, right off the 
the, the, as I was getting my boat, mm-hmm. my kayak, I, I fell into the water, got my short sweat the first few minutes. And however, it was a good day. And then we harvested a bunch of cherries and Perfect. made jam and all that. How about your, your dad? I guess he had a, he was at the beach. Yeah, they were at the beach all week <laughs> and then uh, came back. The whole family was down at, the, at their house yesterday for a little nice. while. It was nice. Yeah. And I'm going to go hang out with them a little bit more uh, here a little bit today. But they did uh, make sure to tell me yesterday to look for the list of most popular American holidays. Uh-huh. Now, I don't think this is the exact list because Mother's Day was second on the list uh-huh. behind Christmas. But Father's Day on this list is at 11th, and I think it was at somewhere down there for in that other list too. So is Father's Day not as celebrated as it should be? Wow. There's the question. Inquiring There's the question we'll uh, leave you with. Today. Probably depends on the household. Yeah, definitely yeah. depends on the household. But uh, yeah, if you missed any Panhandle Live today, you can listen back to it a little bit later on our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify page. We got things started with Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority Chair Clint Hogman. We had Parker Stone in to talk about some high school football. We had Chisa Hutchinson in to talk about CATF and her play whitelisted, all kinds of stuff. So listen back to it a little bit later on today. But for Marsh Kavalik, I'm Jordan Icewarner. has been Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a good one. We will talk to you tomorrow. Pass the time away and talk about their homes. And there's a girl in this harbor town, and she works laying whiskey down. They say brandy, fetch another round. She serves them whiskey and wine. The sailors say brandy, you're a fine girl. Summer's day bringing gifts from far away, but it made it clear they couldn't stay. No harbor was his home. The sailors said, Brandy. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.